With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Miller and Condon, five minutes after the hour of 11 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Uh, still to come in about oh, 25 minutes or thereabouts, uh, Jeff Hughes, com. We will pick Jeff's brain on what the Bears will do as we try to focus on the regional teams. We'll get Nick Athen tomorrow as the Chiefs do not have a pick, but we'll uh, grab him tomorrow at some point during the program as well. But right now, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Boy, he's been putting out the content this week, college football playoff. We'll pick his brain on that. Uh, always grateful to, uh, to speak with you, Bill. Um, busy time for you. One of your pieces really resonated with me earlier this week, and I guess... I didn't it didn't dawn on me just the ineptitude of Ohio State quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. I mean, they're so good in college, yet for whatever reason, uh, that has not uh, translated to the NFL. Haskins, Jones, Pryor, Smith, Krenzel, Hoying, uh, Mike Tomczak would be the best of the bunch back in 1985. Arch Leister, of course, all the trouble he got in, and I still think is in, I think. I don't think he's turning things around, sadly. But, Bill, that was an eye-opening piece on just the lack of success Buckeye quarterbacks have had uh, in the NFL. Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, they've had 15 quarterbacks drafted. Six of them didn't take a snap. And Tom Zach, being a free agent, has the most starts. Uh-huh. Not many people would guess that. I think that is one of those strikes against Justin Fields that isn't getting talked about much. And I think that's what makes him – maybe Ryan Day's most important player in the NFL in this class because mm-hmm. if he goes out in the NFL, and I think he'll be fine. I think he'll have a good career. I still think he's the second-best quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, that would resonate with recruits and show that Ryan Day is maybe that guy that can get Ohio State quarterbacks playing at their best at the NFL level. Bill, it's uh, the draft always so wild. And when you're talking about that part of it, you know, putting guys in the league, putting quarterbacks in the league, on the recruiting pitch – how important do you think that is? Alabama, well, they get the best, and then they put the best in the league. Clemson, they continue to develop at that level. But for that next tier, the the Iowas, the Wisconsins of the world, how much is getting guys to the next level? How much do you think that matters in building a program? Oh, it's it's a big PSA, mm-hmm. you know, tonight for a public service announcement for Alabama and LSU and <laughs> yeah. Ohio State when they have so many first round picks. Clemson, it shows that. That, that that's always I think you know I got this asked this question yesterday is a pro you know do you go to a school to win a national championship or, or go to the NFL and I, I think the answer is both but the real answer is they go to the NFL mm-hmm. they want to go to the NFL they want to be first round picks and those schools do it better than anybody else and I mean you could take it to a school like Northwestern they could have 
two first round picks tonight. And that does wonders for a program like that. Yeah that's continuing to try to compete and build on the success they've had in the Big Ten the last few years. Yeah, no doubt about it. The corner, uh, Newsom, and the, uh, of course, Slater, who opt out. What if, it, when you talk to coaches, um, you know, on, on Zooms or, uh, you know, just pre- preparing for this, how Mike McCarthy came out yesterday, and he, you know, puts a negative check mark uh, beside some of the sit-outs uh, from last year in a, in a pandemic year. Um, you know, he, 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 he's got that as a knock against some of the uh, uh, potential draftees this week. Did you find that there's – was there more of that than you expected, Bill, from the people that you listened in on or spoke to? A little bit, and I think, you know, not having a combine mm-hmm. didn't make it easy. So, yeah, it's certainly one of those things where – it, this could be a wild night. There could be a lot of trades. There could be a lot of moving up and down. There could be a lot of the unexpected. I think most of us expect four or five quarterbacks to be drafted in the top ten picks, which is, I would say, probably going to happen. But, you know, other than that, all bets are off. And I think and part of that is the lack of having a combine, the lack of having, you know, a full-fledged way to look at some of these prospects and, and to catch some of those red flags. You have an article about some of the guys, the safe picks out there. Let's go the other way, though. Not go safe. Who mm. has the most bust potential in your mind? Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys in there in that first round. I, some of the it, it starts with quarterbacks, obviously. Yep. I think Justin Fields is going to end up being the story tonight because of that boomer bust factor. You know, Trey Lance is another one. There's a mm-hmm. there's a high boomer bust factor there. Um. You know, and as you move down, there's a lot of tackles. And tackles, to me, I don't know if they, you can have a productive career and not a Hall of Fame career. So I don't know that there's a lot of risk for bust there. One guy that's really interesting to me is Micah Parsons because uh-huh. I, I think he's very awesome. I thought he was a great side-to-side linebacker at Penn State. So I'm wondering why is he falling to 13-14. And those are the guys you kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, Denver may be at 9 if they don't go quarterback, but I, I'm – I'm convinced that Denver is in the market for a quarterback. So uh, Parsons could be one of those, really, one of, one of those fallers. You know, back to the, the quarterbacks of the potential bust, it just seems we, we, we hardly have talked about, because it's a foregone conclusion, Lawrence is one, and Zach Wilson is two. Now, I'm not saying for, it's not even crossing my mind remotely that Trevor Lawrence is going to be uh, uh, the, the bust. I think he's going to be a star. But Zach Wilson, you know, the BYU uh, look, you can throw it a mile as we saw at his pro day. That was as uh, impressive a throw as we've seen, but it's against air, <laughs> to be honest. Um, might he be the one that we look back on and, um, and say, well, boy, we sure had him overrated. Uh, it didn't work out. And, and yet again, here's another quarterback that the Jets draft, uh, that just the stage is too big or for whatever reason. Where are you on Zach Wilson? Well, I think he's obviously had a nice, couple years there at BYU you know really elevated the program put them back on the map put that quarterback lineage back on the map and I don't know if I take him number two but I mean it seems like that's where he's going to go so he he is that kind of player that I think his playmaking ability his escapability outside the pocket and that big arm make him very interesting but it's not just that it's now it's going to be what did the Jets do to protect him you know protect their investment and all those kind of things gonna be a fun one no doubt we ready to move on to the playoff? Let's do it. Bill, this uh, is something that's always percolating in, as you know, especially after we get through the draft this weekend. We're looking for football topics to talk about. 
And one of them is, how would you change the college football playoff? How are you going to make it better? Hmm. This doesn't feel like that, though. It feels like there's going to be real news coming up down the line, perhaps as early as this summer, not for the upcoming season or even the season after, but as soon as 2023. Start right there. Why this is happening at this point, Bill, and with it, the changes you anticipate we could see this summer? Well, I don't know if it's going to change this summer, but you know the, the movement toward an 8, 10, 12-team playoff, that, that's happening right before our eyes, and I think some of that could be financially motivated. Some of it could be motivated by the fact that you know, three teams dominate the sport. Yep, and we need to see some other faces mm-hmm. in there. I mean, the ratings will take a hit if the playoff is Clemson, Oklahoma, <laughs> Alabama, and Ohio State next yep. year, which yes. is good bet it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they're looking at possible plans for expansion, inclusion, get more fan bases involved. And, and that, I don't think that will totally solve the problem, but it would at least create more excitement, maybe you know, recruits. Because, again, it comes down to what we were talking about earlier. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, those guys do the best job of developing players that you get that they're going to get picked tonight. So you got to get other schools involved in that for that to continue. Yeah, Bill, I think that's an underrated uh, kind of talking point because it it seems like you know it's always about the money, right? And that's the first place Trent and I went yesterday. Well, you know, this is all about the money, but yeah, I think you're 100 percent right, Bill. It's the fatigue. Of I'm not watching. I'm not watching Clemson and Alabama again, or I'm not watching Ohio State and Alabama. I'm sick of this matchup. And inevitably, it seems like one of those big four schools, a minimum of one of them, is going to be playing on Championship Monday in January. Um, and to your point, I'm not sure that expanding will prevent that from happening, but at least it'll give seemingly other teams a chance to knock off one of those heavy heads. I think that's an underrated aspect of why this is gaining momentum. Yep, for sure, and that's the reason why. I think we all love college football, but I, you know, you guys are in Iowa. You know, you probably ask Iowa fans to a man who, who's in woman who, who's going to win the Big Ten next year. They're going to say Ohio State because mm-hmm. it's been the only answer the last three years. And you look at their roster, and they've got another room full of first round receivers around their new quarterback. And Jack Sawyer's out there having four sacks in the spring game, and the talent gap between them and everybody else is very considerable. So. And it's like that in other conferences. It's like that in the ACC and the SEC. You know, with that, 12, 8, 16, whatever it turns out to be. First of those, you know, I like 12 initially. At first, I uh, don't like the buys, that kind of thing. You're eventually going to get to 16. Just go to 16. But thinking a little bit deeper, and the 12, having opportunity, the chances of an Iowa or an Iowa State being in the top four are so incredibly rare. But you have a great season, and you finish seventh in the country, and all of a sudden you got Florida State, the 10 seed, coming in for a game that more than likely would be on campus. Just how incredible that would be. The, the memory would be bigger than any Outback Bowl, any Citrus Bowl that you could have. Having something like that, I think, could certainly create a lot of buzz here. How big and important is it to you to have on-campus games be a part of this, or are you more, let's keep the bowl system intact and try to meld it that way? No, the first round needs to be on campus if they go to eight. It would be awesome to see, mm-hmm. you know, LSU come to Kinnick, you yes. know, kind oh, of stuff geez. like that. USC going to Alabama for a first round game, uh-huh. and then or Florida Ames to Ames. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, last year they were talking about a twelve team playoff. The first round game last year would have been Notre Dame and Indiana. That would have been amazing. Yeah. So I think if you give schools that spotlight, you create those good matchups. 
better, and it's a kind of a, I guess, a trump card, if you will, over the NCAA tournament, which puts those tournament games on neutral sites. So I think it's an idea worth exploring. But if we do get expansion, I'm definitely going to want that first round on campus. Yeah, with, without a doubt. Uh, Bill, it came out yesterday, the SEC media days. They've moved back on the calendar by at least a week, maybe two from where they used to be. Uh, but regardless, it's in July and it's going to be in person. Are you hearing anything regarding some of the other? Well, I guess I don't care about the Pac-12. We care about the Big 12 and the Big 10. What are you hearing about uh, about those two conferences as far as their summer plans? Any news, Bill? No, I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, the SEC is always a big major event. It's good to see that they're going to have it at the Winfrey Hotel. I've had a fortune of doing that a few times, and uh, it's quite a spectacle. But, I, you know, it's just another sign that we're slowly getting back to normalcy. Yeah. And uh, maybe next season we might have, I don't know if we'll have full stadiums, but it will probably be a lot less hectic. And, you know, but at the same time, I mean, COVID's still very real. You're seeing cancellations and postponements that still exist. So um, we just got to take it one day at a time, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, well, they're talking uh, here in our state. Uh, uh, Gary Barta and Jamie Pollard, I believe I've seen both. Uh, they they anticipate full stadiums at both of the venues here uh, in our wonderful state. Bill Bender, College uh, the Sporting News, covers college football and the NFL. Ton of content, sportingnews.com, sportingnews.com. Bill, thank you. Enjoy the draft tonight. We appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for Thank you. Take Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News is... We talk uh, well, a whole lot of football uh, in that conversation with Bill. First round on campus, wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be mm-hmm. something? Wouldn't that be great? 12? I think that's the number. And yeah. I kind of disagree with Bill. I think we'll have some resolution this summer. Yes. It's I, not going to be happening. No, it's 2023 right. at, at the earliest. But they're, the Bill Hancock is going to... This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to open up mm-hmm. for television. That's the biggest component here. Yeah, there's a lot of heavy lifting that needs to be done yes. between now and 2023. Right, in order for this to happen. Uh-huh. Because ESPN, when that exclusive window for them closes, then you bid. And you get Fox. Mm-hmm. And you get the streaming. And you mm-hmm. can get everyone else involved. And that's how that money just continues to build in. Yes, this has always been big business. But after this past year... And athletic departments, how much money they lost. Mm-hmm. Not as much as they originally thought. But it's still not good. No, I agree. And with that, pretty much everybody had to take out some pretty major loans. Mm-hmm. What was it? Yeah. $60 million loan, right. I think, that Iowa took out yeah. from their own general fund. But still, sure. that money needs to be paid back. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, boy, grab another $10, 12 $15, 20000000 million a year. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. It's going to happen. And that was my, and both of our, that was our take yesterday. That was the first place we went was money. But I'm with Bill. I think it's the, oh, my God, Alabama Clemson again. Yeah. Please. We just saw this. Ohio State, Oklahoma. Give me a big a Pac-12 school. Somebody brought up on Twitter a good point, though, because of that. And ultimately, it feels like we're still going to get when we get to the final four, it's still going to be that. And if you go twelve teams and give a bye to the top four, it gives us even they still a, have to win two games, and it's an even bigger advantage right. for Alabama and yeah. Clemson and Ohio State. So, in a way, it's like well, if you get to that point, just go to sixteen. Yeah. You know, and I wonder everybody's got to run the same race then mm-hmm. to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. You got to win four mm-hmm. in order to do that. Kind of like that. Yeah, I I could see that. Just do you uh, think we? 
Is eight going to be first? No, I don't think so. They're just going to go. I think they'll blow by that. I do think they'll blow by that. I think they'll get to 12 because if they go to eight, there's going to be a G5 school that's going to be left out that should be in. Mm -hmm. And if they go to 12 or certainly they go to 16, then they can get a couple of them in. Do you like the idea of conference champions? To get one of those buys, Yes, you have to be a conference champion. Yes, absolutely. So it's not... Alabama and LSU right. get a buy. No, one of them only. Only one of them. Yep, and they're both in the same division, so in that scenario, there's no yep. way they're both getting Sorry it. you're 11-1, right. but... Oh, we got a spot for it. In all likelihood, yeah. you're going to host a game in Baton Rouge. Right. You'll be a five seed, and Coastal Carolina will uh-huh. be coming to town. Uh-huh. Cincinnati will be coming in. It'll right. be one of the group of five teams that'll be coming in, and you'll get them on your campus. Don't whine. You got your chance. Right. Then you play the four Beat seed Alabama next, next year. Right. Uh, we will uh, give away another $1,000, give a chance to win another $1,000 coming up here momentarily. We'll talk to our friend Jeff Hughes from the Bears blog. Boy, that uh, that, that piece that Bill wrote on Ohio State quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that uh, that's a list of failures. Well, there's a bunch of them. Now, I never thought Haskins was going to be worth a crap in the NFL. But isn't that, there's a lot of teams that are that way. Yeah, and I, I guess on the other hand, Alabama. You had, yeah. On the other hand, you had a lot of guys that had an opportunity to play in the league mm-hmm. that got drafted after their career ended. So you can you can look at it as a half full in that respect too. But is that hurting Justin Fields, or is the epilepsy I would thing? Ho- I would hope not. If if that's what you're basing it on, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it is either. Yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, the epilepsy is hurting him. And as it's much the same thing with Trey Lance. Why Carson Wentz is being held against him is well, I don't, I don't think it's the teams. I think it's people talking about the draft that are holding yeah, that against them. Maybe. Uh, do you have a home run? I do. Here it is. High fly ball off speed. He crushed that baby. Marcelo Zuna has put the Braves in front. Yeah, take a selfie, Marcel, and the Grand Tour. Well, right on cue. Hey, did he ever crush that baseball? I, I still maintain that uh, thing was a lot further than the 452 or whatever they said it was. Yeah, yeah I think he probably, probably got shortchanged. Yeah. All right, it's time for another $1,000 home run. You just heard one. Here's uh, the keyword. You go to kxno.com. The pop-up box will appear. Once it does, enter the keyword school. That's your chance to win $1,000. KXNO.com, 11 o'clock keyword is school, your chance to win a grand. Miller and Condon joined by Jeff Hughes on the Bears when we come back as we work our way to the draft on 1460 KXNO and 106. Wolf Roofing is as strong as ever. We started as a roofing company 26 years ago, and we're still a roofing company today. If there's something going on with your roof, we know what's wrong with it. We take your roof personally, and our staff will meet you first with the business card in hand. You won't just find a dumpster and a trailer in your driveway. There's always somebody to talk to. Let us show you why people prefer Wolf Roofing. Call 225-8866, 225-8866, and we'll talk, or visit us on the web at wolfroofing.net. Iowa AAU has partnered with Jam On It Basketball Academy, the premier AAU event operator in the country, to bring to Des Moines the AAU Midwest Basketball Championships. Games will be played at the Iowa Convention Center and surrounding gyms. June 4 to 6 for the girls, 11th through the 13th for the boys. The event will attract teams from around the country. For more information, please visit aauiowa.com and jamonit.org. To be the best, you must play the best. AAU Midwest Basketball Championships, June 4 through 6 for the girls. Jeep Experience. 
Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Condon, eleven thirty, Des Moines Sports Station. When was this written? Do you think? Oh, it had to be fifties. I was going to say, is it seventy-five years old? Eighty years old? Sure, sounds like it. It does. It's been a long time since it's been that long since the Bears had a quarterback. Said Luckman. Oof. I'm not being facetious. Uh, Jeff Hughes, he's never facetious. Uh, he joins us. TheBearsBlog.com, where you can read Jeff. Not only Jeff, but he got a, a number of good, good uh, bloggers over there. Enjoy the content that they put out. TheBearsBlog.com. Hello, Jeff Hughes, Trent and Ken. Happy draft day. How are you? I'm doing well. Bear Down Chicago Bears was written by Al Hoffman in 1941. How about so that? Your history lesson for today. 80 years so ago. It's- Jesus, yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable that you knew that. I think more more than anything, I'm impressed with sad. that. Now, sad that, is the word. No, sad is the word. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. Now, it's sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, really impressive. Who are they going to pick at twenty? <laughs> I'll tell you. I I really believe that there's starting to be some momentum for Kellen Mond, and I oh. really believe that I would not be shocked if the Bears try to maybe navigate a little bit further back in the first round. But listen, here's what I say about quarterbacks. If you've got conviction on the guy, and if people in that building think he's going to be a starting quarterback, I'm not waiting till round two. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking a chance that someone will snake him on me. Mm-hmm. If they have conviction on Kellen Mond, that I'm starting to get wins that they may, take him. It doesn't matter where you take him. Take him and give him a shot. So uh, I, I think it's very unlikely the Bears are going to try to make some big move Barring one of the big five falling dramatically tonight, I think they like Mond, and I would not be surprised if they end up taking him tonight. That would be pretty incredible. And out of that next tier, after the top five, that has been talked about it, and I think it's top four. I, the Mac Jones thing still, <laughs> it bothers me to no end. When he was being mocked early to the Bears at 20, I just I don't see it. Regardless of that, though, out of that next tier, Kellen Mond has been my favorite. Will he be a star? Who knows? But of the crapshoot, of the dartboard you're throwing at here, I like Mond. What do you like about Mond? And maybe more importantly, what does Ryan Pace and the Bears potentially like about Kellen Mond? Well, I think it would be more accurately said what Matt Nagy likes about Kellen Mond. And it's it's the versatility. Uh, it's the ability to run the RPOs, ability to move around. Uh, it's, the, it's the legs and, and the ability to, to stretch the field with his legs. Uh, and he's a smart kid and he's a great leader. And I think that's what they're looking for from their quarterback position. I think that's what everybody's looking for. There are limitations to all of these quarterbacks tonight. I, I'm with you, Trent. Matt Jones is going third tonight. I, I think everybody needs to just I'm accept with that fact. Yep. And I don't see it, but I don't see it with Fields, and I don't see it with Lance. I mean, Lance played one game this year, and he was atrocious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just I sit and watch these quarterbacks play, and I think they all, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, have some significant flaws. So, I mean, if you told me in five years Kellen Mond is a better player than Justin Fields, I wouldn't even be remotely surprised by that fact. So I think that's where the Bears find themselves now. This is the strangest draft we've ever experienced. These guys do not have a full year of tape. They do not have a combine. They do not have all of those variables that go into analyzing guys coming into the draft. 
which, by the way, is already an exact science. <laughs> so you're going to see things tonight. You're going to say, wow, I didn't see that coming because I think a lot of these teams are just making it up tonight. And it's just, it just, uh, I think, amplifies at every at every uh, level. Whether you, you know you come from a smaller high school, but you got a good quarterback, you've got a chance. If you get to the NFL and you've got that 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 roster filled with uh, guys that were five stars and highly paid, but if you don't have a quarterback, Jeff, and I have to tell you this, you don't have a chance. That's why these pe- these teams are willing to, you know, to to put their you know what's on the line and take one of those guys because statistics tell us. Of those five, probably two of them won't work out, and maybe that's being generous. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a prayer at any level of football. It's 100% true. And if you told, here's the equation I would use. If you told me Kevin Jenkins has a 75% chance to be an elite left tackle, I'd say terrific. But Kellen Mond has a 40% chance to be a great quarterback, I'm taking Mond. I'm taking the risk. That position is different than every other position in professional sports. Mm -hmm. It dictates wins and losses. It dictates consistent success. Take as many shots as you have to to get it right. And the Bears have been taking those shots since Al Hoffman sat down with his pen in 1941. (laughs) This This has been the anchor. This has been holding this franchise back now. For generations, and and they'll get criticized if they stay at twenty and take bonds. They'll get criticized for reaching. But in my mind, there's no such thing as reaching for a quarterback. If you've got conviction, take the guy. Absolutely, Ryan Pace is on his maybe final draft. Though, does this play in at all? How much meddling do you anticipate from the McCaskies, the Phillips of the world, on down, or is this Ryan Pace, Nagy? You guys do your thing. But get it right because if you don't, yeah. you're dead men walking. I think it's I think it's a hundred percent the latter. I think they I, listen. I, I do think that George and Ted have said to Ryan, "Don't go out and give six or seven draft picks in the future away right. to, to go up for a quarterback," which is just smart anyway. You can't be mortgaging future picks for a guy who may not be here in two years as your general manager. But I think they were more than willing to let them do that for Russell Wilson. So where they are now is. I believe that Ryan and Matt made it very clear to everybody in that building that the priority of this offseason was singular. It was about the quarterback. Andy Dalton is a perfectly serviceable journeyman quarterback, but they need to do something tonight, possibly early tomorrow night, but more likely tonight, that says the future of the position is this. If they don't do that and they try to rely on some second or third round gamble, which pays off one out of every 500 that are taken, you're looking at a team that's going to be right in the middle of the pack again and facing the same questions about the futures of the coach and the GM come January. And if you do take him in the first round and he does turn out to be your guy, you've got that fifth year, uh, which which is different from all the other rounds. You don't have to exercise that fifth-year option, but it gives the team that control because they drafted him in the first round. So, Jeff, let me ask you about the, the other three teams in the division. From a Bears perspective, who do you not want to see either the Vikings get, the Packers get, or the Lions get? Is there a player that seemingly those te- the, the three opponents in the North are targeting that worries you as a guy who covers and roots for the Bears? I don't want to see Devontae Smith on the Detroit Lions. I think you put him indoors in Oof. that building, and the Bears are looking at it. I think Devontae Smith's the best player in this draft. I don't think it's particularly close between him and the next guy. Uh, I've been told by a couple of different organizations. I'm not alone in that belief. 
and I believe the Saints are trying to move up right now for Jay Glazer's report because I think they want him. Uh, I think Devontae Smith is going to be lethal in the NFL. He's sort of a Tyreek Hill, Marvin Harrison combo. I don't want to see him there. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, you know, they've got enough firepower now on offense. They've got the receiver. They've got the back. The quarterback is shaky. I don't want to see them add a premier edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to see them add a premier left tackle because what's holding back that franchise is that they just don't protect. Right. And Kirk Cousins gets beat up. So hopefully, and, and with the Packers, hey, let's hope they draft another quarterback in the first <laughs> round because that, that's just, I love that strategy. Don't add weapons. Make Rodgers do everything because then you're just one knee tweak of Rodgers from before win season. I don't understand how the Packers conduct their business. They're going to look back at this Aaron Rodgers era flabbergasted. They only got to one Super Bowl. They are not going to believe it. They're not going to understand it. And the reason is because they constantly avoided adding him Mm -hmm. the top-tier weapon, the top player. Instead, they drafted Jordan Love, which is still one of the more ludicrous draft picks I can remember. I would imagine they'll continue to go business as usual. They'll take someone they don't particularly need and rely on Rodgers to win them 12 games. And he'll do it because he's that good. Mm -hmm. And they moved up to get Love last year. Right. Yeah. Round two, round three, round five, and then four picks in round six for the Chicago Bears. Quarterback, obviously. Offensive tackle, I think we all understand they need help there. What else with these draft picks? Uh, The secondary has to get a draft. Uh, they they have brought Gibson back to, to opposite Eddie Jackson. They're going to look at a safety. They need to they need to find corners. Uh, that's where that's where uh, Ryan Pace has made his money. He's very good in those middle to late rounds. He finds a guy there seemingly every year. I think they'll be looking there, and I think you know, I, I think they they are looking for a starting corner right now, and that's not going to be easy to find once we get out of the sort of Thursday Friday pick. So. I would think, depending on what happens tonight, if they say come out with a quarterback tonight, you will see corner, wide receiver, offensive tackle be the focus tomorrow night. They will address needs. They are not in a position to take best player available. they got to win games. So they will address needs tomorrow. And then it's all bets are off on the, on the weekend because that's where Ryan is going to take some shots on guys he thinks have upside, and he usually hits. Uh, they're still good with uh, David Montgomery, right? The former Cyclone, he's still in their good graces. He certainly had a nice year last year. Where are they on Montgomery? They love him. They love him. And they've added some other players around him. Uh, he's a workhorse back. Yeah. What he lacks for them a little bit, though, is, is the speed component. They don't have a home run threat. You know, Montgomery's always running through holes and then getting pulled down from behind. So mm-hmm. they've added some players now. I think Tariq Cohen being back this year will be a big boost to them. That component missing from their offense last year was a big deal. It wasn't talked about enough. A, a, a fully healthy Cohen and a fully healthy Montgomery, that's a heck of a backfield. So, you know, even if Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback next year, and he probably would be even if they took Kellen Mond, uh, I think they're going to be looking at a pretty decent offensive team. Jeff Hughes joining us from the Bears blog. Jeff, the Packers, you talked about. The Vikings, you talked about. I was uh, having a conversation. We had a Lions out in an event a fan yesterday at an event we were at. Are they ever going to be good? <laughs> Is there ever a chance? We, we struggle as Bears fans, Jeff, and we get mad. But just imagining being a fan of that organization, Ugh. yeah, it's bad. In, in our world, the Lions, though, that's another level. In all of my sort of theories about sports, and believe me, there are numerous I don't share with you guys. Don't get me started on golf. <laughs> okay. In all of my theories on sports, my number one theory is with the top quarterback, you will have sustained success. 
The Detroit Lions are the only franchise yeah. in the recorded history of man who beat it. Mm-hmm. They beat that theory down. I still don't understand. Mm-hmm. And and so I, there's no rational reason for it. Why Matt Stafford at that skill level and that production doesn't have his team year in and year out mm-hmm. in the postseason. Have they had the right coaches? Probably not. Uh, but they didn't have bad coaches. They just sort of always skimmed the middle. And I think you're going to be – there's a big test coming here with Stafford. If Stafford goes out to L.A. and wins, I think he's going to. Thank right you. now, I think they're the favorite to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Mm. If, he, if he goes out there and wins big, I just – could you imagine what it would feel like to see that as a Lions fan? To see him go out there and win a Lombardi trophy and hold it up at the end of the year and know we had this guy for a decade and we didn't win anything. <laughs> I don't know what it takes to turn a franchise around when you've had the quarterback and still failed. But listen, in sports, you never know. Teams rebound. I do not like their coach hire. I don't think Goff is the guy. If the Lions are going to turn it around, I think years away. Uh, and the Super Bowl next year is in. Is it in LA next year? Or is it back in Florida? I think it's in LA. It's in. It's in <clears throat> I think it's in LA next year. But uh, every Super Bowl that's not in New Orleans, I just think it, I, I never even think about it. Yeah, they New should. Orleans Super Bowls are, are. They should be in New Orleans every year. Uh, you're preaching <laughs> to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. But still, Rams versus Broncos in LA is going to be fun. I just thought I'd run that by Condon to see if he was paying attention. Yeah, you're still on Drew Locke over there. <laughs> Drew Locke. Well, my listen, guy. Listen, I think the, the Broncos, watch them watch them tonight. I do not think the Drew Locke-Teddy Bridgewater combination rules them out of anything. Nor do I don't I. think Sam Darnold rules uh, Carolina out of quarterbacks. There's all this talk. You know, Chris Sims had uh, Justin Fields falling to 30 seconds tonight in the first round. I don't think there's any chance. We've seen it too many times. The E.J. Manuals, the Christian Ponders, the Jake Lockers. Mm-hmm. Teams get crazy when it comes to quarterback for good reason. It's, it's your entire franchise. These guys are going to go, and they're going to go quickly. Indeed they are. Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff, hopefully your schedule will allow you to join us on Monday to recap the weekend. Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Enjoy the draft, TheBearsBlog.com. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks. Take care, guys. Talk to you Monday. Good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com, as we get a little insight on the Bears. Where is Super Bowl? I think it's in L.A., isn't it? I I don't know. That That's usually here. SoFi your... Stadium? Okay. Future Super Bowl locations. SoFi 2022. There you go. So you're heading to L.A. With the, uh, see Denver, yeah. yeah, to see the Broncos. Uh-huh. That's you got this, huh? Well, and the, their win total, I didn't realize it because um, I could, I didn't get past when we were going over win totals, and they all came out of DraftKings, etc. I saw the Steelers and went right to my computer because they're not winning eight and a half football games yeah. this year. I think they're going to be it, it, the fall from grace is here, Steeler fans. But Denver at seven and a half, I jumped on that right away. I jumped on that yesterday, right before the Teddy Bridgewater trade. Do you think that's? Do you think it's moved? No, <laughs> no. Teddy Bridgewater's not moving the needle there. I think. Eh. No, I like that. They'll win more than seven and a half games, Trent. I'm not going to bet on them because I won't bet on my squad. But um, I think they'll win more than seven and a half games. We'll see if that moves things. All right. Well, you've got your bets coming up. It's 11.45. We will come back and uh, do one more segment here as we take you up and towards noon. Murph and Andy, an hour and 15 minutes away. The Fanatics at 3. It's 1460 KXNO and 106.
Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at Renter's Warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renter's Warehouse guy lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renter's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. With the extra bread in your wallet. minutes here of a Thursday. Trent, let's go on the record. Let's see if we can get three picks. Any three in the first round. All right, Trevor Lawrence, Zach No, 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 you can't use those two. (laughs) Get past two. All right. You can start at three if you want. Is just any three teams in the first round. I don't want to do three because I still think it is one or the other. Okay, so you're going to move on. Where are you going to go first? I don't like Kyle Pitts. Maybe it's because I question the choice more than anything. If he was a wide receiver, yeah, that's kind of what he is, right? Maybe I'd like it more. He's a hybrid. I'm going to go five, five, and who the Cincinnati Bengals going to take? And I'm going to say that it is Panay Sewell. Okay, so there's one. Give me your other two. So I'm going to lock in Sewell at that spot. Yep. I'm going to lock in Justin Fields at eight with the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, so they do take a QB. Well, they didn't uh, pick up the fifth-year option on Darnold. Right. Which, And I'm going to lock in Patrick Sertain to the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going, what is it, five, eight, and ten. Those will be my shots in the dark. We'll see how I do. How about you? I'm with you on ten. I think Sertain is going to be a Cowboy. Okay. Um... I'll I'll go back to four and I'll go Pitts Atlanta. Okay, and then I'm really going to take a shot. I'm going to go all the way to pick twenty nine. That's the tough. Green Bay Packers. I'll take Bateman uh-huh. from the Gophers. There's been plenty of buzz about uh-huh. that. One. It's between him and Vera Tucker to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings are going to take Elijah Vera Tucker at four. But I'll I'm going to go. I'll take Bateman at twenty nine. Sertan, I agree with you at ten, and I'll go Pitts four. We'll grade it tomorrow. Just It's tougher than you think to get three right. It is. You know, we did that mock draft yesterday. I wonder out of that how many will get right. Uh, you have a picture of it, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. So well, I know at be... 15, Davion Nixon's not going to go. Talent-wise, help me out here. Maybe my black and gold glasses are tainting me here. Yeah, yeah. He was number 10 in Kuiper's first mock draft after mm-hmm, the season. Mm-hmm. And he's fallen to the second, third round now. Mate, I saw a mock last week. He was in the fifth. Hmm. So, talent is not the problem. Put on the Penn State game. Put on any game last year. He was dominant. Uh-huh. Is it just the dorm incident? 
No, because there's, I mean, there's not a lot. There's, this isn't a league filled of choir boys. <laughs> very, very good point. Right. Uh, no, it has to be more. I don't get it. I don't get the knock either, Trent. Yeah. We both saw maybe because he did. He only did it for one year. That could be, yeah. And I'd buy that a little bit more. Uh-huh. I guess, yeah. You could definitely go that route. He was a part-time player his first year at uh-huh. Iowa, and finally became a full-timer last year. Outside of that, though, I think that dude's going to play, and I think that guy's going to play a long time in the league. Who else? Iowa, Iowa State. You and I. I'm intrigued. We're not going to hear, of course, first round, right? Well, the offensive lineman from you and I is the going, brown kid. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going early. Yep. I mean, not not today. I think he's. I'd be surprised if he gets to Saturday. You also get Ellerson Smith from uh-huh. uh, you and I, another defensive uh-huh. end, uh, big kid, tall kid, out there. Is there a cyclone drafted ultimately? That's part of Claxons tomorrow. Is it? Yes. Okay. That's that's uh, that's one of the Claxons. About this time tomorrow, we'll just be wrapping up our barbecue giveaway that we do each and every Friday, and that's one of the questions. Uh, if there is. I think it's Kane Nwongo just because of his, I mean, he opens some eyes with his speed and it's his special teams. That's the one hole, other than beating Ference, on Campbell's resume. We talked about uh, with Bill Bender and the infomercial that Alabama and Ohio State and all the big schools get at the draft. Iowa State's got to get some dudes drafted, and particularly on the first night of the draft. And after all, it's been decades. Yes. That would do a lot for that program. Murph and Andy, in an hour and five minutes, the Fanatics at 3, a Friday of local programming starts with the morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3.